It is Sunday, July 26, 2015. This is U62 the Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, my thoughts on Ant-Man, the history of the special edition, and my fascination with Charlie Brown cartoons. It's episode 8.16, all stuffed up. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. Been another long day for me, but you know what? It was the fun kind of day because I went into the city. I was still flush with birthday cash, so I wanted to spend a little bit of that. And also, I went to see Ant-Man. You know me, I'm a sucker for superhero films, so of course Ant-Man was next on my agenda to go see this summer. Ant-Man, Ant-Man was pretty cool. I mean, we know online how it had the very troubled production just two weeks before they started filming last year. Edgar Wright, the original director, the man who'd been shepherding this project since Marvel was founded way back in 2006, he decided to quit the project. So they had to bring in a new director, quickly kind of cobble together a new movie, and it's out now, and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, it's real fun. I mean, with the shrinking superpowers, they do some very interesting things for combat. You know, in the climax, suddenly a ping pong paddle becomes a lethal weapon when you're only as big as an ant. And I'm sure you've seen in the trailers uh, the fight atop Thomas the Tank Engine going around a children's playroom. When you see that entire sequence in context, it is funny, hilarious, and a very creative action sequence. Uh, So yeah, but my only complaint is it's kind of formulaic. You know, I was already thinking that seeing the trailers is like, oh, the bad guy has the suit that gives him powers just like the hero, just like Iron Man. And, you know, uh, George R.R. Martin, the guy behind the Game of Thrones, he was calling out Marvel for that. It seems like in every Marvel movie, the hero is facing a villain whose powers are pretty much the same. And so, yeah, but other than that, it was really good. It shocked me at how funny it was. So Ant-Man, I give it a solid three out of four nibs. You'll see my complete review on chaosinabox.com. Oh, probably the day after this uh, podcast goes up. So what else did I do in the city? Well, I'm kind of hating myself right now because I spent too much money on action figures. You've heard me talk in this podcast how money is real tight for me right now, but still, I learned a long time ago that when it comes to my collectible action figures, there's very rarely a second time to go back for them. So uh, I'm ashamed to admit this. I wound up dropping 50 bucks in action figures today. You heard me geek out about those reaction figures in past episodes, right? Uh, They're the collectible action figures. They're designed to look like the cheaply made mass produced 
action figures that were popular in the early 80s. The original Star Wars action figures are the prime example. So I was at my favorite comic book shop today, and they finally had the reaction figures for the original Star Trek series. Trekkie that I am, of course I had to pick them up, and I was lucky enough to grab the sacred trilogy of Star Trek, Kirk, Spock, and Bones. So uh, those now have an honored place in my collection, uh, but I spent so much money. But, you know, I still have some birthday cash. I mentioned that summer is busy, what with all the fairs and festivals I'm live on location from. That's the only part of the job I get paid overtime for. So that's starting to show up on my paycheck, which is nice. So I'm finding ways to justify it. And that's usually how people drive themselves into the poorhouse. So pray for me. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62. <laughs> The Targ. I didn't buy any DVDs or Blu-rays when I was in the city today. I always feel kind of sad when I do that because that's my addiction, right? If I don't come back with something new, I feel like it's been a wasted day. But really, there's not much out there right now that I was looking to get. So, yeah, I know we have X-Men Days of Future Past, the Rogue Cut, but, you know, I'm really not that big on extended editions and stuff like that. I'm the guy, when I drop my $20 for a Blu-ray, I want to see the exact same movie I fell in love with in the theater. So, so if I ever do break down and get an extended edition, it's got to be in the discount bin because that's how I finally broke down and got um, the Lord of the Rings extended editions, right? So I saw X-Men Days of Future Past the Road cut there. I'm like, eh, no, not yet. And then I saw Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind in a discount bin for like $7.99. And I'm like, I'm in this mess because of you, Spielberg. See, Steven Spielberg, with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, he pretty much invented the concept of the special edition. See, here's the history. Way back in 1977, Steven Spielberg made Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It made all the money, was a gigantic hit. So, flash forward a few years to 1980, they're getting ready to do a theatrical re-release of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. See, doing theatrical re-releases of films was quite a common practice until the mid-80s when home video came along and pretty much killed that. So they're getting ready to release Close Encounters of the Third Kind again in 1980 when Spielberg goes to the movie studio and says, Hey, you know, we kind of had to rush to finish Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's a few scenes I always wanted to film and put in the movie, but I didn't get a chance to. Since we're getting ready to put it back in theaters anyway, can I go back film those scenes and put them in the movie. And the movie studio said, sure, but in our test screenings, it showed us that people wanted to see these scenes in the movie. So if you make these scenes too, we'll let you film all these additional scenes. So Spielberg, this was only like his third movie. He wasn't the Hollywood god he is today. Spielberg said, fine, I'll do it. So he went back, he filmed those additional scenes, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Special Edition, hit theaters in 1980. Spielberg did one last final edition of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind when it came out on DVD for the first time in 1997. For the film's 20th anniversary, now that he was this Hollywood god, he was finally able to edit it the way he wanted to without any studio interference, and that was the third and final edition of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I noticed that all three versions are on the Blu-ray. So, since I like that movie, I know I'll probably be getting it eventually, and that's why we have special editions to this very day. Everything's 
better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Chappis on U62, The Targ. Now that being said, if I want my new DVD fix, I got that last week. Here in Westlock, the bargain store is going out of business, so I was going through their discount bin and I found a Charlie Brown Christmas. There it was, like five bucks that they're going out of business sale. I was thinking, hey, I love this Christmas so much, I am going to buy this. And I was going through the bin, I'm like, hey, the second most famous Charlie Brown holiday special is the Halloween special. It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Wouldn't that be awesome if it was in this discount bin too? What a fine double feature that would make. And lo and behold, I found it. So I got a Charlie Brown Christmas and it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown for 10 bucks. So awesome. In the past, I've questioned the logic of buying holiday specials on DVD or any kind of home media because, let's be honest, the one time a year you're going to want to watch it is the one time a year it's on TV ad infinitum. So why would someone break down and buy this? I remember posing that question online and one of my Facebook friends who has kids said, because you buy them, because you have kids who love them and they're not on enough for them and they want to watch it constantly. So there's that. Plus, you know, I love a Charlie Brown Christmas. I blog about this every year. Has there been any other holiday special that kind of celebrates seasonal affected disorder? I mean, the whole thing is about Charlie Brown being depressed at Christmas time and trying to get over it. That is beautiful. And I've been blogging about this before, you know, I'm kind of fascinated by the whole concept of Charlie Brown in animation. There have been more than 40 TV specials Four theatrical films, with the fifth one coming this Christmas. In fact, I also got the first Charlie Brown theatrical film, A Boy Named Charlie Brown, which came out in 1969. It is remarkable. You know, you can tell the animators were having so much fun playing around on the big screen because they do interesting things with split screen and widescreen. And then this was made in the 60s. So you have these weird, random, psychedelic animation asides. It is a fascinating film. If you've never seen A Boy Named Charlie Brown, I highly recommend you check it out. It's it's just an interesting film. You're listening to Mark Chappis. Go do disgusting things to that boy. On U62. The Tar. Should we do a song of the show? Let's do a song of the show. Now, I mentioned a couple episodes back that for my birthday, I splurged on a couple of soundtrack albums on iTunes. The first one was Inside Out, which I've already shared with you. And the second one, a soundtrack I've wanted since I first saw the film 20 year, 22 years ago. That is Jurassic Park. So here's John Williams' theme from Jurassic Park.
the theme from Jurassic Park by John Williams here on U62 the Targ. Uh, so yeah, I guess that was the big movie news of this past week because Jurassic World made all the money. It has beaten Avengers Age of Ultron to be the number three movie of all time. It has just set the record for the film to make $1 billion the quickest. So of course we're getting a sequel. Jurassic World 2, would it be Jurassic Park 5, is going to be coming along in 2018. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are already signed on to return. So yeah, I wonder where they can go from here because... Let's be honest, Jurassic Park, they got a formula, they stick to it. They're on the island, the dinosaurs get loose, they got to escape from the dinosaurs. So I sure hope they figure out something new and interesting to do with the dinosaurs. That's why I love Jurassic World so much, because they were actively trying to find new things to do. And for the most part, it was fantastic. This has been a pretty good movie summer. A pretty good summer for movies, movie-wise. Yeah. I'm having a real tough time talking right now. I've been fighting a cold for the past couple of weeks. I thought I was just about over it. But, you know, when I sit behind the mic and I talk like this for a while, the phlegm starts building up in my throat and it starts going up into my sinuses and plugging my nose. And if you've ever tried talking with a plugged nose for an extended period of time, it actually gets a little bit painful. So I think it's time to wrap this up. And in fact, I'm looking at the calendar here. You know, I think next week might be my season finale. I've mentioned before how summer is a super busy time because of all the live on locations from festivals I do on the weekends. Well, August is where it all hits the fan for me. That's where the vast majority of them happen. So I think I'll be taking August off to focus on my day job, which means I'll be taking the podcast off. So I'm going to call it next week, season finale of U62 The Targ. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Let's go home!